Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Raising Bulls, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network, Roughneck Scarves, and Icarus FC. You see, it only took one week. I got it down last week. That was a nightmare, but I did it. <laughs> Tonight, <laughs> Red Bull 2 pick up their first point, 1-1 against Charleston. Not a great match, but uh, getting a point at home is always good. Uh, we're going to look at that. Uh, I've got uh, Joe Steen joining me for the first time this year. Hello, Joe. How's it going? Good, Joe. How's it going? It's going. Uh, almost through <laughs> this nightmare, or it feels like we're almost through. Hopefully it really yeah. is true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah it's just been, it's been a long year, uh, been to say the least. Um, you know, I'm glad that, you know, hopefully we're getting back to some um, some balance and normalcy soon. But uh, we do have Red Bull 2 uh, soccer, which is, you know, and, and the first team you know to look forward to this year so to look uh, forward to absolutely yes uh, unlike last um, year where it was a little bit rough yes i would say this year uh, uh I, there's a lot more optimism uh around the organization this year um that's, that's as a whole true. as opposed to last year when uh i don't know if, like anybody expected anything last year because of just everything that was going on not only in the team but around in the country and the world itself Yes, I fully agree with all that. It's good to be back. Uh, and then last but not least, we're going to finish up with a preview against uh, uh, this week's opponent, the Miami FC. You can't forget the the in there. <laughs> you know, uh, in interesting times in the soccer world, the Miami FC does not play in MLS. Um, so they're allowed to have the the, I guess. Nonetheless, <laughs> that jokes it's aside. Like... <laughs> Uh, uh, this week, 1-1 draw versus Charleston. It wasn't a great match by any stretch. I think in the first 10 minutes, uh, Red Bull 2 did a great job of exerting themselves. They put Charleston under a ton of pressure, forced a major turnover, which led to a goal. Good stuff. And I would say there's lots of sections that that match where they bossed the game, but they just didn't do enough to create chances. Final 20 minutes looked gas. It felt like that goal uh, was going to be inevitable. And of course, it'll come from uh, the first goal scorer at MSU Soccer Park for the Red Bulls, too, Zico Lewis, now with Charleston. Uh, overall impressions on the match, Joe? Uh, I would still say this is a team that's trying to figure things out uh, early on. I think that, um, you know, I think John Wolniak touched on it. Uh, I think they they did a great job early on in the first half, especially getting the goal. I think you know, so um, with so pressing and forcing that turnover, and Lacaba buries the chance. Uh, but as far as just the whole game, I think it's going to take them a few games to put like a complete ninety minutes together. Again, this is a team that has a lot of new faces. Uh, you don't you have some returnees from last year, but mainly a lot of new faces. I think they're start, still trying to get it used to each other. Uh, like you mentioned in the second half, they really, they, especially the last 20 minutes were, were gassed. Like Charleston had plenty of chances. I think, I think as a whole, they're pretty happy with coming away with a point in this game. Uh, and obviously John touched on, uh, LaCava after the game, how, you know, how he's not surprised, how well he's playing. And I think he's definitely going to be one of the leaders of the, uh, of this, the reserve team this year for sure. Yeah, I think if he's not careful, he's going to find himself uh, on uh, the MLS version of the Red Bulls soon enough. Um, yeah, I, I, I want to talk about some bright spots. First thing is uh, defensively, 
much better than week one. I think overall, Mm -hmm. there were still a lot of moments where they were on their heels. I think that has to do with more problems upfield. But I thought, uh, first and foremost, Andreas Reyes uh, looked very good in his shift. He was out there for about 70 or so minutes. Uh, Solid throughout. Uh, Did everything I think everyone um, expected to see from him. Uh, bossed the game, but uh, was able to play with the ball at his feet. Uh, Manny Egbo also looked much better in last week. I think Matt Acosta struggled a little bit, and same thing with uh, Joe Zelensky. But I think overall, not just um, not just an improvement because uh, they they managed to not give up three goals this week, but I think just in general they looked a lot more organized and calm. Yeah, I remember him saying. Uh, uh, Wolniak saying something the first week about how uh, he thinks they were very like apprehensive and didn't really uh, they didn't let you know they kind of let the game coming come to them instead of taking it by force and I think I, again I still think there's a lot you know a lot with teams like this as we've seen in the past with Red Bull two teams they usually start off the season slow and they're still trying to figure themselves out and the middle of the season is when you really start to figure out like they start to figure out okay. This is how we're going to play. Um, you know, they, they have a consistent team and um, like consistent players in the team. And I know juggling players between, you know, the first and reserve team to get players minutes coming off injury is always tricky, too. So, again, I'm not really putting too much into these first two games, I think. But I think there are, like you said, there have been some bright spots, especially with Reyes and Egbo playing better. And I do want to see the one thing I do want to I do want to see more from Omar so up top though. Yes, um, he w- he was supposed to be somebody coming into the season that this was a make or break season for him. I think he knows that, but he's going to have to start producing um, more up top in order to uh, make some to give the first team some thought if he's going to be a member, you know, someone they're going to keep on. Yeah, well, I think I think there's a, a maybe a twofold problem there. So I think. Uh, uh, Maybe there's a little bit of, of just finding better spots uh, to to be in position to to have your own chances. But I think we're also seeing uh, Omar is doing things uh, generally to direct the game more mm-hmm. more than uh, necessarily looking for the goals. So like uh, we were talking about the the Lacava goal early in the match, Omar so is pressing there. But if you watch him during that. He's also directing the other guys in the area where and how to press, which is how they closed off all the passing lanes uh, mm-hmm. and, and created that turnover. So things like that are great. And I think a part of, of of his game is absolutely growing. And then the next part of that is being able to find uh, those chances, whether or not that's just uh, Omar being a little tentative at times or, or maybe not making uh, uh, himself available in the right spots, or if it's the midfield that needs to maybe do a little bit of a better job. Um, uh, but I, I do want to see him uh, in more positions to find goals. Uh, another thing, I mean, we, you mentioned him before Jake LaCava, sweet finish uh from you know the top of the box there uh that's the kind of opportunistic stuff that i want to see uh omar get involved in and um, i'm happy that that jake's doing it it'd be nice to get uh jeremy raffanello and omar so on the scoring side of things but i i I think that you know like you'd mentioned there's there's sort of a breaking in period for these for these teams especially a team as young as red bull too that it's just going to take some time and repetition I also feel like in previous years they've had a little bit more experience um, with these teams. Like this year, I feel like there's a lot of new, there's a lot of new faces and 
Um, maybe it's just me, but I, I feel like that, you know, the previous years, you know, we've seen, you know, guys like, you know, Tom Barlow, uh, you know, uh, Jared Stroud, Kyle Zayas last year, um, and a, a few others to go along with them in the team that, you know, they, they had those guys that they could rely on early that would get them, um, you know, that would get them going and, you know, would get them off to, you know, I would, I would say better starts than we're used to, I guess. But uh, I think that, again, like I mentioned before, there's going to be some growing pains with this team early on. Um, but I, I know, like, at MSU is where they're supposed to get their results. but And that's where they usually get their results. But I think it's going to take a little bit of time before, you know, we start seeing consistent performances out of them. Well, yeah. And and last but not least, I mentioned so being the creator here. I think lacking uh, sort of a clear number 10 is also going to play a part mm-hmm. in that. Last year, they had Caden Clark. Uh, you know, in years past, Florian Velo, uh, Vincent Bezicourt, um, all, all of these guys who've been able to sort of take the attack and, and put it on their shoulders, that helps free up those guys in the attacking third. So once that gets going, I think um, it, it'll be good. Another bright spot that I, I've enjoyed watching uh, through the first two matches is Dan Edelman. Mm-hmm. I think a little bit undersized when you look at him in terms of like, not quite like a, a uh, as as small as Andrew Tenari, but like mm-hmm. um, uh, he's very lanky. He doesn't look the part of sort of the midfield enforcer, but I thought he's done a really nice job of of um, not just pressing, but uh, breaking up passes and, and intercepting the ball, winning tackles. It's just everything everything in between uh, Dan and the forwards. I think still needs to improve, but uh, but his job patrolling the midfield, I was very impressed with. Yeah, again, he was someone last year that um, I think was up briefly or played briefly in some games, and I was impressed. And again, uh, you know, glad to see him in you know getting you know consistent minutes to start the season this year. And he's definitely someone to keep an eye on going forward. Um, but yeah, I think you know he can definitely emerge as one of the like the players that is one of those the leaders on the team, like him and Lacava, and so as you mentioned. Yeah, um, some guys I still want to be able to to get an eye on. I know uh, Bento Estrella uh, came into the season carrying a little bit of a knock. Um, so we haven't really seen him yet. I'm really excited to see what he's got to bring. Um, I like what I saw from Roald Mitchell, um, Afori and Tom, uh, Tombol off the bench. I thought uh, they all did okay. Unfortunately, you know, you give up the goal uh, and you go from having a very solid team performance to maybe questioning some more things, but uh, in general, I, I like that. I want to see the team um, look a little bit less lost uh, in the attack, create a, a few more chances. I think that's another thing that John said uh, after the match, that you know you get these opportunities, but if you're not going to be uh, creating, uh, it's not going to help you out. I think on in the match, what do they have? Five shots total? Five shots total, three on target. Um, a... a uh, good from an accuracy standpoint, bad from a uh, a general uh, um, need to score uh, uh, standpoint. Is that no? I said that all kinds of crazy, but I think you knew what I meant. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> they were they were uh, losers on the possession side, but that's really not a big deal. Um, they did a good job, I think, battling pretty much everywhere. But uh, at a certain point. If you're not going to put the ball in the net, it leaves you susceptible to the kind of goal uh, that you got. Congrats, Zico Lewis, for scoring it, but uh, also uh, boo you for coming back and haunting the team. 
Uh, who would you give your man of the match to? Um, I would give it to Jake LaCava. Again, gets the goal. I thought he was um, had the most influence going forward. And, um, again, has put together back-to-back good performances and uh, has really started the season well. Yeah, I think I'm going to give mine to uh, Dan Edelman. Again, I think uh, just the way that he's been able to adapt to that uh, that position at this level has been remarkable. And I, uh, I hope lots of good things uh, come his way. So congrats, guys. Man of the match. Uh, let's talk this coming week. The Miami FC, <laughs> former home of Lloyd Sam. Uh, sad that he's not there. They were matched by Paul Dalglish, formerly of the Houston Dynamo. Uh, he also, I believe, uh, coached. What was the Ottawa? What's the Ottawa team's name? Ottawa, Fury. Fury. Thank you. Um, some uh, some ex Red Bulls in here. Some USL journeymen. Uh, you got uh, Bolo Akinyode uh, and Devin Speedy Williams, uh, two guys that uh, I'm a big fan of. Uh, Cristiano Francois of uh, uh, Rochester. Uh, fame. I don't know if that's the right word for him. Um, solid, speedy winger uh, has always kind of been a danger man. I don't know if he scored a lot of goals in USL, but I think he, he creates a lot of, of trouble and danger. Billy Forbes, he's been all over the USL. Uh, Connor Sparrow, who was with um, uh, Real Salt Lake's team uh, for a little while there. Uh, just a, a solid group. They also have got uh, Janos Lova, we remember him and Paco yep. Craig of uh, Louisville. There's a lot of decent mm-hmm. players uh, on this side. Um, they are one, one and O oh so far. Uh, they won a tight game against Loudoun United two to one lost to Hartford. No big deal there. Uh, zero goal differential. They lost zero to one. Uh, and I, you know, I'm really not sure what to make of this team yet. I know that uh, they beat the big Red Bulls in a friendly, in one of the only preseason friendlies that they played <laughs> this year. Um, but they have a talented side. I think this is going to be a tougher test than Charleston. Um, I think overall, just like the, the, the skill across the roster is, is a bit higher. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, you know, with guys like, uh, Devin or Bolo, uh, this has a potential to be one of those games where a bigger veteran side is able to knock the Red Bulls two around, maybe uh, uh, force them out of their rhythm, and just kind of you know grind out a win. Yeah, I mean when you have a lot, of, when you have a team like this that has a lot of you uh, play, you know USL experience and players that have been around the league, uh, I always find it interesting how uh, you know players like that you know come together and like you mentioned they do have a lot uh as you've said they have a lot of experience and this team is uh i i don't want to say well red bulls too lacks experience compared to them so uh this could be one of those games where um you know we've seen how devin speedy williams has haunted the red bulls too haunted red bulls too in the past and um paco craig's again been part of those louisville teams which is which have had some battles against red bull to and uh, you know obviously Bolo Akinyoti someone that we're very familiar with uh, this team again they've only played two matches on the year uh, but uh, the loss against Hartford was a tight one and the, the win against Loudon was also tight so I would expect a pretty close game in this uh, I would expect a pretty close game here but I think 
Miami has the edge as far as experience goes, which is a big factor. Yeah, I would agree with that very much. Um, do you want to see any changes in the lineup coming up? I like I said, I want to see Bento Estrella get out there. Um, I would I wouldn't mind to see a little bit more from Wilkeman and Carmona. I think he is a guy that is sort of tailor made for this team. I was surprised we haven't seen more of him so far, um, but I think he's a guy that you know this would be probably a good game to try to acclimate him a little more to the team and and give him some minutes and get him out there and just kind of see what uh, he's able to do. Yeah, I think Estrella being in there uh, is definitely uh, we again. I'm sure they're being careful with him because, you know, he had a bit of a knock coming into the season. Don't really want to rush him out there. Uh, and as you mentioned as, as well, I don't even think Carmona made the 18 last week, which is interesting. Um, but, yeah, those two definitely I would like to see. Um, and um, maybe um, give him or tumble a start as well. Um, but, yeah, I, I would like to see some changes. Again, I, I – I don't necessarily know uh, if they're going to just run, you know, put the same team out there, you know, maybe build some chemistry with each other. But uh, Bully does like to mix up his teams every once in a while. I'm I'm most interested about Carmona and Reyes, uh, two guys that um, I think. I, well, Reyes absolutely more than than Carmona was hyped mm-hmm. a little bit coming into the Red Bull team because um, you know Miami tried to hold on to him and couldn't. There's a lot of 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 um i don't know if hype is the is necessarily the right word but um the C- reyes's ceiling seems to be pretty high and like a player who has um a, a future outside of mls or usl as it were and so i was a little bit surprised to see him struggle to make the 11 for the red bulls it's nice that they're getting him out and running with the twos do you think that he's somebody who's going to be uh with the team uh more long term uh, or is this sort of just, you know, keeping him fresh? Uh, I think it's keeping him fresh. I think they're also trying to get him maybe into, uh, you know, familiar with the style that they play. And, you know, this way he's prepared for when he goes in the first team. You don't really want to throw him out there. You want to get him familiar and kind of build his confidence first before you throw him into the first team. Um, I don't think, yeah, I, I really don't think he's going to be someone that's going to be down here um most of the year i think he will probably be up with the first team sooner rather than later okay that's fair um all right let's get a prediction from you for for how this game will go (laughs) um it's tough to say i'm gonna say it's gonna be a 1-1 draw uh similar to charleston i think i think miami will limit the amount of chances that uh, Red Bulls 2 would create, but I think they will be able to steal a goal in this game and um, come away with a draw. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's really going to come down to uh, how deep is Miami going to play. And if they are looking to... I mean, they have a talented attack, so if they're looking to possess <laughs> and, and drive up the field and um, uh, try to uh, uh, boss the game from that perspective that they're going to leave themselves open to counterattack. Guys like So and Lacava would be able to uh, sort of gobble that up. Now, if they're going to sit back a little bit and let guys like uh, Speedy and Akinyode just completely control the flow of the game and boss the middle, then uh, this one might be over but by halftime. 
honestly, because <laughs> I mean, it's going to be tough to break those guys down. And uh, for a team that struggles with uh, first their fitness as they're coming into the year, you know, uh, the Red Bull side uh, or sides rather are known for their pressing and for their running for 90 minutes. That's that's definitely not something that new players of the game can pick up immediately, and especially not young guys who are transitioning from the academy to USL because the jump in quality and the speed of the game, it's a lot to maintain and, and adjust to. Um, I think you say 1-1. I'm going to call this a maybe a 3-1 loss. Wow. Yeah, I think that I think that this is going to be a rough one, similar to um, similar to how the first half of Hartford looked. Um, okay. We'll see how the how it goes when the game uh, you know is flowing, uh, but this could be a really tough game for them. Okay, I'm I'm a lot more optimistic. You are much more optimistic than I am. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I usually am with this team, but <laughs> I don't know. They, they're, they're, uh, you know, again, uh, I think Miami, uh, Miami's experience, but this team seems to, they always seem to play well at home. And, um, I don't know. I think they'll be able to, I think they'll be able to, uh, scratch out a draw. We shall see. Okay. Uh, let's talk. One of my favorite things to talk about week in and week out the standings. There's not that much to look at right now, but uh, Atlantic Division, the top uh, four teams right now are Tampa Bay, Hartford, uh, this Friday's opponent, the Miami FC, and Charleston. <laughs> of that group, only Charleston has uh, played one game. Everybody else has played two. Uh, Tampa Bay and Hartford each have two wins. Tampa Bay, because of goal differential, uh, is on top. Um, solid win for Tampa Bay, 3 nothing over the Riverhounds. Bob, Bob Lilly. Yeah. Rolling um, around. Not happy. <laughs> two three nothing wins to open the season. Two three nothing. Charlotte and uh and Pittsburgh. Yep. I have no idea what to expect for Charlotte. I know they've kind of been up and down. Bottom yeah. four teams, uh New York Red Bulls two, Loudoun United, Charlotte Independence and Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Uh very quickly, um, I'll go through the rest. Central division. Uh FC Tulsa is leading three games, three wins. Uh, plus six goal differential looking pretty good, pretty good. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're in a, a tough division with Louisville and in Indy and Birmingham. Um, that should be a fun one to watch. Uh, Louisville, Atlanta, United two and Indy 11 are the other teams in the top four there. Um, Memphis is yet to play a game. So they're in the bottom mountain division. Uh, Rio Grande Valley, uh, FC six points in their first two games leading the way. Excuse me, San Antonio FC, Real Monarchs, and El Paso Locomotive are the two through four teams there. Only seven teams in that division. Colorado Springs switchback lost their first match 3-0 to San Antonio. They're at the bottom. And then some crappy team called Phoenix Rising. I don't know who they are. (laughs) Uh, Leading the Pacific Division, uh, two games, two wins, uh, a plus six goal differential, six points. 4-1 4-1 over San Diego Loyal uh, and um, Do- uh, Landon Donovan, um, or Don Ovan, uh, depends. Um, and Oakland Roots in their inaugural season, they also got whooped on 3 nothing by uh, Phoenix Rising. The other teams in, uh, in order, it's LA Galaxy 2, Sac Republic, and Tacoma Defiance as the uh, top four there. 
Tacoma Defiance are real fun. I I really enjoy their uh, their logo. Uh, it should be a fun time. Uh, Las Vegas Lights bringing up the rear down there. One game, one lost, five nothing to LA Galaxy two. That is the Galaxy two's lone win so far this year. Uh, drew against Defiance, lost to Sac Republic. So that is your current standings in USL. I don't. We can't make anything of this yet. It's so early in the no. season. I guess the one thing that we can say for sure is that Las Vegas Lights um, continue to be a, a crazy uh, uh, roller coaster ride of a team. Uh that's that's putting it mildly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess that's why they're based in Vegas. That yeah, makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> that way, when they play at home and they lose, they can tell everyone you're not allowed to talk about how we lost this week. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Phoenix is Phoenix's front three is just like that's a crazy I mean, that's, that's a crazy talented I, group yeah I, it's just that's just I like getting I mean having Moar and then Asante and I mean and Dash Dadashoff I mean it's just and then you you know like you look at their midfield and it's just I mean they're 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 just such a stacked team like it's it's hard to believe they haven't won um, well the season was called last year because of COVID protocols. Um, or no, two to now players on both teams got COVID, didn't they last year? I believe. Yes, I believe. In the so. finals, um, so yeah, I don't know. It's 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 so early, and again, a lot of these teams, like I, I expect, especially uh, you know in the East, I expect you know Louisville and Indy and Tampa to be there at the end. Like those are at least the three teams I expect. Um, yeah. uh, the rest, who knows? <laughs> Tulsa seems to be playing well after moving conferences um and yeah you know um credit to hartford um for a team that hasn't really been in us all along they seem seem to be doing a pretty good job yeah they were such a a a nightmare after their first First, season and then they really turned it around last year um team of the week this week uh uh i want to call out uh steven dos santos uh one of my favorite (laughs) names in the league uh, with the Rowdies now, former uh, Bob Lilly um, uh, striker for life. Although I did hear him say, use your effing head one time to him. Um, so that was fun. <laughs> uh, but uh, Dos Santos, uh, playing for Tampa Bay now, scored the opening goal in their 3 nothing win over Pittsburgh. He did it to his Yikes. old boss. Take wow. that, Bob. Ouch. <laughs> Poor guy. Uh, I also want to call out. Uh, you mentioned Solomon Asante. Uh, he had uh, a nice week this past week. Uh, Marcus Epps with San Antonio FC made the team of the week. I Marcus was one of my favorite stories that uh, we ever told on this show. Uh, his rise from um, youth league to, to the pro game. So very happy to hear that he's having a nice time mm-hmm. out there uh, with San Antonio. And I hope there is more to come. Good job, Marcus. Uh, you I'm- know... Oh wait, so go ahead. A lot, a lot of former Red Bulls uh, making impacts Hell all yeah. over the place. Everywhere. Jared Stroud with Jared Stroud with the assist of the season. That's just <laughs> what I was going to say. <laughs> I've been saying it on Seeing Red, uh, but ever since uh, week two, he's been starting, and they have looked way better. It's not a they, coincidence. No, because Jared makes the run now. Jared he, makes the run. He... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Top four in leaders in goals in USL right now. Joaquin Rivas 
with FC Tulsa. He's got four. Uh, Santiago Patino, uh, San Antonio FC with three. Sebastian uh, Guinzati uh, with Tampa Bay has three. Jake LaCava with the New York Red Bulls, too, with two. Way to go, Jake. Woo-hoo. <laughs> and then there's a bunch tied with two and, and one. I'm not sure why he's at the top of that list. Maybe it's a... a um, no, it's not even alphabetical order. Who knows? But good job that you're up there. Uh, leader in clean sheets right now. Who's the leader in clean sheets? Do you, um, know? you should know this. I'm drawing a blank. Evan Loro with two oh, for, for Tampa Bay. Woohoo, Evan! Way to go. <laughs> Should have known that. Uh, uh, yeah, good times, good times. Um, I don't think we have any other league leaders with any categories. I think that's it. Oh, no, we got one more. Discipline. Two yellow cards on the season, Dan Edelman. That's right. Bite those ankles, Dan. That's, 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 that's just always... That's just... That's that's on par for Dan Elman. Yeah. And something that we're not used to is uh chances created. Pretty much ever since Jared and uh uh um Chris uh Lemma left the team, you don't have those mm-hmm. like crazy ninety one hundred or, or plus uh chances created seasons anymore. So nobody's up there <laughs> yet for that. Oh man. I'm I, I do miss that. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, who I mean who doesn't? Come on. Uh, that's all we got for you today. We're we're gonna get back into interviews, I think, as we go on. Uh, I'm still, you know, just like the team. I'm in I'm in early season form here. Uh, it's been a while since I've been running this show, so <laughs> I'm still getting Welcome used back. to it again. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome back to you, Joe. It's so nice to Thank talk you. to you. <laughs> I'm glad that uh, you're doing well for the most part. Doing as well yes. as any of us are. Yeah, yeah. Crazy times now, so I'm trying to do the best I can for sure. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, uh, my my name on Twitter is un, at underscore Joe Goldstein. I am at jsteen15. You can follow the show at Raising Bull Cast. That's one word at uh, uh, Twitter. Uh, just one bull, not bulls. Raising bulls. Raising Bull Cast. Uh, in both places, I'm very inactive. So follow us at your own risk. I don't know. Risk isn't right. Uh, you could follow us along. We're not going to say all that much. We're also on Facebook. Uh, you can send us questions to questions at raisingbulls.com. Uh, we're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, um, Bill and Rick's discount podcasts, wherever you could find the podcast. We're there. If we're not there, let us know and we will get there. We're also this year for the first time uh, for the, we have switched providers. We're no longer with Podbean. We're with Anchor. Because it's free, guys. Uh, they should give me uh, money for saying that on here. But <laughs> Anchor is free. It's a sw- solid platform. All you need is a phone. Start making your podcasts. We're uh, uh, supported by BGN.FM, covering USL, MLS, Premier League, NWSL. ton of great written and audio content over there and lots of talented people making it happen. I used to list the shows. Now there's just too many to do that with. Um, but uh, definitely head over there. We'd also like to thank Icarus FC. Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, adult, or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com. Last but not least, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and U.S. soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. For myself, 
for Joe Steen. Thank you very much and have a good night. It's a little too fast. <laughs> <laughs>